This is Sir Andrew Davis, music director of Lyric Opera of Chicago. The company's 2009-2010 season promises to be thrilling. You'll experience great favorites and new discoveries in a tremendous variety of styles, but with every work guaranteed to provide you with a stunning experience in the opera house. We open the season with Giacomo Puccini's Tosca, a fabulous romance, but also a hair-raising thriller, and long a favorite not just at Lyric, but around the world. It packs a musical and dramatic wallop with a classic love triangle presented amid the grandeur of 19th century Rome. Tosca is a tempestuous diva. She's loved by an artist who's also a revolutionary, Mario Cavaradossi. The only person standing in the lover's way is the malevolent, sadistic chief of police, Baron Scarpia, who wants nothing more than to get rid of Mario and have Tosca for himself. After capturing Mario and giving him only a few hours to live before execution by firing squad, Scarpia makes a bargain with Tosca. If she spends the night with him, Mario will go free after a mock execution. The events of the rest of the opera are packed with the ultimate intention and excitement. We'll be presenting two other glorious Italian operas, a grand tragedy and a boisterous comedy. The comedy is The Elixir of Love. Donizetti's tale of an endearing country lad, Nemorino, who loves Adina, a beautiful, wealthy and very flirtatious landowner. Nemorino's only hope of winning her is what he thinks is a love potion sold by the quack Dr. Dulcamara. This opera contains one of the best loved of all tenor arias, Una furtiva lagrima, in which Nemorino realizes that Adina really does love him. Adina has a mind of her own, and she is encouraged by Dr. Dulcamara in making Nemorino hers.
A huge contrast with the elixir of love is Ernani, one of the most exciting works in the rip-roaring style of Verdi's early career. Ernani is a nobleman who's been forced to live as an outlaw. He's as dashing a hero as you'll find in Italian opera. Ernani is in love with a beautiful aristocrat, Elvira, who's also loved by two other men, King Carlo of Spain and Silva, an aged grandee. It all ends tragically for Ernani himself, but along the way you'll hear one thrilling musical number after another. Here's the trio that finds Ernani and the king fighting over Elvira, who's getting more distressed by the minute. Faust legend has inspired many composers in opera and theatre. Audiences can't get enough of the tale of the old philosopher who sells his soul to the devil in exchange for youth and love. We have the two most exciting operatic versions of this story on our stage this season. Both musically and dramatically, they present two entirely different visions of how this eternally fascinating story is told. In Charles Gounod's Faust, the hero seduces and abandons the virtuous Marguerite. He's dragged away to hell in the final moments as Marguerite ascends to heaven. Spectacular musical highlights simply abound in this opera. The heroine's sparkling jewel song, the tenor's love-struck soliloquy, and what is unquestionably the most thrilling and celebrated trio in the entire operatic repertoire. Faust is a wonderful opera for chorus as well, especially when Marguerite's brother and his fellow soldiers are returning from the battlefield, proclaiming their glorious victories and looking forward to being home again. Every Faust audience looks forward to the stirring soldiers' chorus. Ever since becoming music director at Lyric, I've been eager to introduce the music of Hector Berlioz to the company's repertoire. Now I'm delighted to say that the moment has finally arrived. The work we've chosen is The Damnation of Faust, which Berlioz himself called a dramatic legend. 
It's often heard in the concert hall, but it lends itself brilliantly to the stage, and lately opera houses worldwide are discovering it in a big way. You may think you've never heard any music from The Damnation of Faust, but if you're a concert-goer, chances are you'll have the shock of recognition when you hear the highlight of the opera's first scene, the rollicking Rakotsky March, played by the orchestra as the Hungarian soldiers are observed by the aged Faust. This opera takes you on a fascinating journey with Faust, who's accompanied most of the time by the diabolical Mephistopheles. As in the Gounod opera, Faust is introduced to the demure Marguerite, who sings the opera's most moving aria after she's abandoned by Faust. Berlioz never wrote anything more beautiful. Here at Lyric Opera, we've triumphed every time we've presented a work of perhaps the greatest of all Czech opera composers, Leos Janáček. We've produced his glorious Katya Kabanova only once before, two decades ago, and we're thrilled to bring it back to the lyric stage. This is an immensely touching story of an unhappily married woman who feels desperately suppressed and downtrodden by her horrible mother-in-law and ignored by her weak, unloving husband. She longs to liberate herself from her claustrophobic environment and find a new life in which she can be as free as the birds. Katya finds love with the handsome Boris, but her guilt leads her to make her harrowing confession to the community and then to commit suicide. Before making that devastating decision, she has one last ecstatic moment with Boris.
What a contrast between Katya and the lively, worldly, glamorous heroine of Lehar's The Merry Widow. This is one of the most popular operettas ever written, full of lushly beautiful music, rollicking comedy and irresistible romance, all in a captivating Parisian setting. Hannah is the millionaire widow, one of the most delicious heroines in all of operetta. When we first meet her, she's fending off the affections of all the eligible bachelors in Paris, who she knows are only interested in her because she's worth 20 million francs. Hannah and her old flame Count Danilo are both from Pontevedria, and the country's diplomats are eager for Danilo to marry Hannah in order to keep her millions in Pontevedria. Danilo isn't initially interested. He prefers to play the field. Dann wird champagnisiert und häufig kanpaniert und mit Pantosen küssen mit allen diesen Süßen. So kann ich leicht vergessen das teure It takes Hannah and Danilo quite a while, with a lot of amorous intrigue along the way, but they finally realize that they do love each other after all, as revealed in one of the most famous waltzes ever written. I've adored the music of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart my whole life, and I'm never more delighted than when a lyric season includes one of his operas. That's especially true this season with The Marriage of Figaro, perhaps the most captivating and certainly at the same time the most human of all his operas. In this opera, we have the Count's valet, Figaro, and the Countess's maid, Susanna, in love and all set to be married. The opera takes place in the course of a single day, their wedding day, in fact, and they're ecstatic. But Figaro and Susanna reckon without the Count's designs on Susanna. The Countess is concerned too. She believes the Count no longer loves her. 
With the Countess's help, Figaro and Susanna decide to teach the lecherous Count a lesson. In the process, the women learn a great deal about their men and vice versa. It all happens through the music. And what music, with one exhilarating episode after another. It's going to be a glorious season, full of the brilliant singing, acting and staging that has made Lyric world-renowned. I very much hope you'll be joining us for all eight productions. I look forward to seeing you at the opera. The recordings heard here are used courtesy of EMI Classics.